This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Kastrins, and this is our weekly look at the Cleveland Indians. Jordan Bastian is off this week. I am joined live at Progressive Field here in the City of Champions by Jim Rosenhouse of the Indians broadcast crew. And Rosie, uh, I know a lot of people here are trying to process the, the thought of a, a Cleveland champion, uh, you know, people involved with the Indians as well. But um, before we talk about the tribe specifically, just as a guy who's been in this town a while and, and certainly has a sense of the sporting scene, what you, would you think of this last night? I, you know what, Anthony, I'm kind of struggling because it's been a day now since <laughs> the Cleveland has won a title, and that seems like an awful long time. So, uh, yeah, it's, it you know, we're on a real drought now, a well, full it's day. Like, it's like when, uh, <laughs> you know, we have, we've gone this many days without a workplace accident. It's kind of that thing, but in a more positive uh, way. You know what? It was tremendous, and um, it's a fun run, and I think even more so, like, I have kids now who are old enough to, uh, especially my older son, who, you know, he, he loves the Cavs, and it kind of doesn't live and die with them, but pretty close. So I, I think it, it was fun watching him enjoy it because I think it reminded you of when you were growing up and one of your favorite teams did well. So uh, it, was, it was just a great night. Then to, to step outside, we're in the suburbs, and I didn't think it would be that big a deal out there, but we opened up our door right at the buzzer, and, and I mean, people coming out of their homes screaming and hollering. It was great. It was really great. And, and just to see the way fans celebrated without any major incidents. Yeah. I think the city of Cleveland should be proud of, of how everybody celebrated and had a great time and didn't just crush everything. <laughs> well, they had a long time to mentally prepare for yeah. the moment. That's, that's it was sure. good. They're good all the way around. Yeah. And what a game. What a game. Oh, my gosh. And that's the way it had to be for a yeah. Cleveland team. If you're going to win, it's going to be, uh, you know, heart palpitations where we're going to be involved. But uh, I know a lot of guys uh, with, with, the, with the tribe were certainly caught up in that as well. We, we saw them uh, attending the game the other night uh, on an off day. But um, but in general, you know, Rosie, if it wasn't baseball season in Cleveland before, it certainly is now. Yeah. Uh, and, and fans who kind of turn the sports page now and, and see the tribe atop the AL Central standings. It's been a, a really nice couple-week stretch for this club. Yeah, and, and it's, I don't know if surprising is the right word, but encouraging, I think, is a real good word because... If, if you had said in spring training that they you'd only get 11 games out of Michael Brantley to this point, um, Jan Bohms would be hitting under 200 for much of the season, and, and yet offensively it, it's still been going well, I think a lot of people would be surprised at that. But they've, uh, they've been able to, to find players. Everyone's kind of pulling their weight, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, the thought occurred to me watching the Indians sweep the White Sox over the weekend, and you know, Todd Frazier's hitting like a buck 97. He's got 19 home runs for the White Sox, but he's in a, button, a buck 97. Not much else in the extra base hit territory. And you kind of juxtapose that against what Mike Napoli and Rajay Davis have done for this Indians team. Napoli's got 15 home runs. Davis has been such an igniter, especially here of late. 
Um, you know, those two guys were signed on the day that we found out the Indians did not land Todd Frazier, and there was a lot of angst in the fan base on that day, I remember. Uh, but you know, some major contributions from some uh, underrated sources. And, and to not have to give up prospects right. to get them, uh, I think, makes it doubly good. But, you know, you just you just don't know in, in the wintertime sometimes. You, you looked at past numbers, and really for Napoli, uh, you know, the last couple of years, if you just looked at numbers, you'd say, ah, man, what are they going to get out of him? But there were extenuating circumstances there. He was dealing with uh, some injury issues, a major sleep problem, which is behind him now. And, and the Indians caught him at a time where he actually had a full offseason to work out, get his body in, in the shape that he'd like it to be. And he's just been saying that, you take it for granted what a good night's sleep can do for you, but as an athlete and someone who has to hit 95 mile an hour fastballs, you'd like to be alert, and, and so I, I think it's made a tremendous difference, and the Indians are the beneficiaries of that. And Rajay Davis, for someone who's 35 and speed is a major part of his game, we've seen how that can go away quickly. I, I think Michael Bourne was a pretty good example of that. And, and yet he's managed to hold his speed and uh, have that still be a major factor in his game at the age of 35. So that's been a real pleasant surprise. Uh, we talk about unexpected sources, and I don't think there's any more unexpected than Michael Martinez. Now, here's the story, Rosie, and regular listeners of this podcast know this. Jordan Bastion knows this. Spring training, Michael Martinez gave a ball to my one-year-old daughter. Huh. And the next time up, he rips a triple down the line. Then the next inning, he makes a, a key defensive play. This is all in, in Goodyear. And I said then, this, this man is on to great things. This is good karma from that moment on. And little did I know he'd end up on the big league club with the stick on the big league club for several weeks here. And, and he's really made some, some huge contributions. He's been, a, he's been a major factor. And especially, I mean, let's face it, the outfield has been in flux most of the season uh, with the, the suspension of Bird. Bradley's injury, so they're scrambling out there to, to try and put a, a good outfield out there, and he's gone out there on a, a fairly regular basis now lately, made some good plays defensively, and he has a real good idea at the plate. Here's the thing with Michael Martinez. Now in the major leagues, this is his third different team. He was originally broke in with the Phillies at a time when they were very, very good, right. uh, just at the tail end of their, their run where they were a World Series contender. So he was a part of that. And then more major league time with the Pirates, just as they were getting good. So he was a part of another good ball club. So I think he knows where he fits and what he needs to do to be a part of a good ball club and enhance that club. And that's what he's doing here. I mean, he's, he's really enhanced what certainly appears to be a pretty good ball club. We knew going into the season this ball club was built around in starting pitching. It certainly feels like uh, in recent weeks that started pitching has started to sort of settle into the season. You get Carlos Carrasco back in the rotation, of course, and it's it's night after night it's starting to feel like the unit you, you generally expected it to be. Yeah, and, uh, you know, if each year under Mickey Calloway they, they've been better in the second half right. than the first half, and it just seems like it takes a little bit to get in that rhythm, uh, build up some innings, and let the rotation start to feed off itself. Now, it was interesting because he said with with Carrasco back now, and now that, that little competition starts to click in a little bit more where each guy wants to one-up the, the guy before them when they have a good outing. And, and you've seen it be pretty consistent here of late, and, and that's the kind of role that, that they'll need that. I, you know, I think consistency on offense may 
still be something that they'll be challenged with, you know, over the long haul with, with the occasional good burst. But there, there's going to be some stretches where they may struggle to score runs. But as long as they can roll out that good starting pitching, one through five right now, then they're, they're going to be in games. And they might, you know, they can sneak a few wins out of those games where maybe they're not hitting as well as they'd like. Rosie, what do you make of Brian Shaw's season in the bullpen? I, this is a guy who's been, uh, you know, ridden very hard over the last few years. Um, been such a key setup guy for them. Obviously, he's had uh, some flips on the radar here this season, that for maybe, maybe unavoidable given the workload. Yeah, and then, I don't know. I like usually when you, you see workload and how it impacts a pitcher, you think velocity and, and things like that. But his velocity is as good as right. it's been. Yeah. Um, and it seems like the, the break is there on his pitches. He's just he's made some mistakes at bad times, and it's been costly. It's it's cost the Indians some games, but then there's been some stretches where he's been pretty good. So um, yeah, I think Tito said it best. I remember he said this. Ubaldo uh, Jimenez his last year. He had an awful start to yeah. the season. There were back to back to back bad starts, and someone asked. Are you going to take him out of the rotation? Are you going to send him to the minor leagues, which I don't think they could have done at that point, or, or even release him? And he said, look, we need pitching. And, and he's an arm that has a track record, and, and you can't run from guys when they struggle for a little bit. And, and you got to have faith that if you keep working with them, that they'll get back to where you've seen them in the past. And, and I think that's the approach you're taking with Brian Shaw. And really, at it's probably six or seven outings maybe that, that are the real trouble spots. Right. But he's been in close to 30. So right. uh, would you like it to be one or two bad outings? Uh, of course. But you stay with him because he, he can get on a roll. We've seen that. And, and I don't think they're even close to looking at it as saying, hey, let's walk away from this. Yeah. So, Rosie, in our game, it's, it's probably never too early to talk uh, trade deadline, trades in general. This club, the opportunity it has, the, the, the you know farm system strength that it has, there could be opportunities out there to improve this ball club. If you have one move to make, what do you look for? You look for bullpen help. You look for outfield help. What do you what do you think is the target? It's tough because the two you mentioned are, are I think one and one A. Yeah. So let's go both. <laughs> <laughs> now I know the Indians are so reluctant to part with with uh, prospects, and they're, they're certainly and it's been proven out reluctant to part with pitching and, and you got to be on board with that I mean that's that's their bread and butter they can't part with pitching uh, at this level um, do you give up some prospects and maybe it depends you know you see how it's going the next couple of weeks and where they are a little bit closer to the deadline and if, if this thing is still going well maybe you say hey we do need to part with some prospects to, to get another outfielder in here who can help and Maybe another bullpen arm too, because it, you know, you look at that down in that bullpen, and and there's some potential there, but I don't necessarily think they've they've seen that yet. Um, you know, they haven't been using Tommy Hunter in, in key spots yet, because I don't think he's quite where he'd like to be. Um, they haven't been using Java Chamberlain in the key spot, really key spots yet. So it'll be interesting to see if, if they gradually work them into more key situations and, and then you see if you have a little more depth in that area but I think the outfield part of it because we don't know even we don't know when Michael Brantley's coming back and when he does it's really hard to project what you're going to get from him because he's missed so much time 
I think it'll be a fascinating summer here because this division is definitely wide open. And, you know, we talk about windows all the time, and, and especially in smaller markets or smaller payroll situations. This is definitely a window of opportunity here. And I always remember standing right over there by the dugout with, talking to Chris Antonetti uh, in the summer of uh, 2011 and, and him saying it, they, they were known for a very cautious approach with prospects and, and trades in general. And there, that was the thought going into that trade deadline was they'll be cautious as ever. Uh, but I remember him saying, you know, you, you just we're not smart enough to know when these opportunities come around again. And that was the team that was just kind of on the fringes of contention, as, as you remember, and they made that trade for Ubaldo Jimenez. And it took two years for that one to really uh, bring the net benefit. But, you know, I, this could be another summer where they, they take that aggressive mindset. And here's the thing. Uh, the prospects they let go in that trade, none of right. them have really amounted to much. So um, it just seems... Sometimes a team will look back five years down the road and they're like, oh boy, we blew that one because the prospect becomes a star. But it seems like more often they don't because the, the amount of guys who are prospects in the minor leagues who eventually reach stardom in the major leagues is is pretty small. Uh, is that for you? I, it must be. Yeah. The bullpen's calling us. That can't be good. That's a reverse line. That shouldn't be going this direction. But. All right, well, we're going we're gonna to tend to that phone call. I think we're out of Should time. Should we answer anyway. it? Can we put it on Yeah, the let's put it on. Let's see what, what we got. Dug out. It's really good. All right, got you. You look really good. Yeah, that was a phone call. I think it was Brian Shaw. It sounded like Brian Shaw. <laughs> but they wanted to call in and let trainer James Quinlan know that he looks really good right now. He's got the pose going at the top step of the dugout with the sunglasses on. Pose. I thought maybe they're listening on our podcast, and, and Shaw liked our analysis of his season. But anyway. I, that probably could be the case. <laughs> I want to thank Jim Rosenhaus of the Indians Radio Network, Network for joining us. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Cleveland Indians Edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.